I think the biggest thing in e-commerce that I've learned is that your competitors might be there like you know in a product-based business competitors are there in a product only you're not competing against their website and I would always look at other cloth nappy websites and go mine needs to look like that G'day, I'm Lockie and welcome to D2C Slingshot, a podcast where we interview brand founders and industry experts to help you out on your own journey and I hope you enjoy this episode. G'day guys, welcome back to the D2C Slingshot podcast. Today I'm joined with Amy, the owner of Mimi and Co. Just want to give yourself a quick introduction. Hello, I'm Amy. I'm the owner and founder of Mimi and Co. We're a Canberra-based e-commerce business and we sell premium reusable cloth nappies and eco parenting accessories. Yeah, awesome. And I read on your website, you've helped save over 5.5 million nappies from landfill. Is that correct? Yeah. So each disposable nappy um, can be replaced. So around 500 disposable nappies can be replaced with one reusable nappy. So we've sold almost 20,000 units of our cloth nappies and saved almost five and a half million from landfill. Yeah, that's absolutely crazy. And did a child inspire you to start this business yourself? Or did you have like a sister or something that had a baby and you saw the problem in the market? Yeah, so I had a COVID baby. I had a 2020 baby and he was born teeny tiny. He was born at two and a half kilos. And when I was in the hospital, I actually had no plans to use cloth nappies. And when I was there, because he was so small, I had to use premature disposable nappies and like he just outwet them. So he was leaking through everything. And I said to the midwife, like, what can I do? And she said to me, oh, just use two disposable nappies at once. Just use a premi nappy and over the top put a newborn nappy. And I was like, I'm, I'm already going to use up to 6,000 disposable nappies for this child. And you're asking me to use even more. Um, so I literally got home from the hospital and I started sewing. I worked at, you know, Spotlight for around 12 years prior to that. So I started sewing my own. I was on a mission just to create something that would fit him, but also fit him until he was toilet trained. Yeah, awesome. I'm pretty sure that would be my mum's dream job is working at Spotlight. But yeah. ultimately you made the shift to working for yourself. Um, yeah. So like, did you have any other business experience before you jumped into creating this business? So just prior to going on to maternity leave, I was actually working as an area manager. I looked after a hundred million dollars worth of stores. I looked after five stores um, and around 200 employees. So I was, I was kind of on that management side, um, but absolutely nothing to do with e-commerce. I knew customer service, I knew, you know, retail and, and that's about it. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. And where do you where do you first learn? Did you invest in a course or did you just go straight to the YouTube university? Uh it was actually TikTok University. TikTok was a lot TikTok, of yes, Yeah, nice. TikTok has taught me a lot, that's for sure. Yeah, what are some of creators if you want to name drop a couple of them that you'd like to follow? Uh well I think I watched um is it um Brendan on your podcast? The other week, his name Brendan. Yep, Brendan Gillan. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. I watched a lot of him. He's amazing. Yeah, awesome. So yeah, obviously Brendan has um, lots of experience in e-commerce. He was working with like Superdry and some of the largest retailers in all of Australia. So, and then you were obviously managing a few hundred people. So you probably had that connection there. TikTok um, obviously stalks all our user data. So you probably put two and two together. Like Amy's probably going to like this guy. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. 
Yeah, awesome. So tell me a bit more about COVID. Obviously, you started this business when COVID hit. How did that impact your business and the growth of it? So we we officially launched at the beginning of 2021. So we were in the midst of COVID. And to be honest, starting an e-commerce business at that point in time, I didn't know any different. So, you know, paying X amount of dollars for my freight, having, you know, everything done over Skype, it was all that's all I had ever experienced. And at the same time, my market, my mums and my dads and my families that I was marketing to were staying home. They were staying home for longer. They were working from home. So I actually had a really unique opportunity where I didn't know any better in terms of, you know, like ordering from overseas. But at the same time, my market was with me and my market had time and my market had time to listen to what I had to say, essentially. Yeah, awesome. And did you, because you said you just started sewing, did you just start with handmade products and then go out and find a manufacturer? Did you just develop a prototype and then go directly to a manufacturer? So I, when I first came home, I was, all I wanted to do was sew nappies for my baby. I was like, I want to make something that's suitable for him. And I did that. And it wasn't long before like my friends and my family were like, oh, can you make me some? And I'm like, of course I can. And then, you know, they started sharing on their social media and then other people were, you know, DMing me and they're like, can you make me some? And it kind of just got out of hand very quickly. So I knew that I couldn't keep up sewing myself and that's why like i i had to go overseas and i had to find someone who could make my products exactly like i make them at home but on a mass scale because i had a newborn baby and i have one sewing machine and my entire lounge room my entire kitchen was just sewing for months yeah yeah cool and yeah that demand was obviously there because uh everyone would remember obviously the toilet paper shortage and i assume Mm. it's the same for nappies as well yeah, absolutely. There was a huge shortage. Yeah, which obviously has helped your business grow, get off the ground and yeah, just obviously take off to the moon. But how about coming out of the pandemic? How about the current cost of living crisis and like some of the maybe the more negative aspects of running a business? How has that affected you? Yeah. So coming out of COVID, like I said before, like I didn't know any better. And it wasn't until we started coming out of COVID that that US to Australian dollar started to change, the cost of my shipping started to change, the cost of materials. I, I use a lot of natural materials, so bamboo and hemp and cotton. All of those just, you know, start going through the roof. And I'm really lucky that by the time that it happened, I have good customers. I have a good customer return rate. And, you know, I upped my prices twice in the last 18 months and no one even flicked an eyelid. They're more than happy to come back. Um, And at the same time, like, you know, as cost of living is getting more expensive, people are looking for alternatives that can save them and their family money. And that's where we sit in a really unique position because although you might be buying a premium full price product from me, you're still saving, you know, times five that money if you were to invest that into using disposable nappies. Yeah. And is that an angle that really resonates with your audience through the advertising efforts that you're using at the moment? 
Absolutely. Some some customers, before they come over to cloth nappies, they're paying a dollar a nappy, $1 per disposable nappy. And if your baby's using 6,000 disposable nappies, that accumulates very, very quickly. And so a lot of our marketing is based on the fact that like, this is actually how much you can save. And you know, the upfront cost is is a lot for some people. And that's why we always make sure that we have lay by available and after pay and you know all of those take home now and pay later but also we even have the traditional style lay by where let's just say you fall pregnant or you know when my baby's born i want to start cloth nappies i hold the stock here and they will pay in increments over you know nine to twelve months as soon as their baby's born they've paid it off i send it to them and they don't have to buy a single disposable nappy yeah that's awesome and it's great that you have those options available because as you said yeah a lot of people are living pretty much paycheck to paycheck and it'd be even harder for new families um yeah i couldn't imagine it um it'd be super stressful so having those options i've definitely seen help increase conversion rates and stuff like that on the store as well yeah, absolutely. Yeah, so so our, tell me a little bit more about your current mark. So a <laughs> lot of our marketing is organic. We about 90% of our revenue comes from organic marketing. Uh, I'm going to attribute that to, you know, the almost 12 million views that we have on our TikTok videos. TikTok is, you know, our community building platform that we have and we get a lot of revenue from those streams and even just repurposing our TikTok um, into more organic things on other social media platforms. Um, yeah, and only around 10% of our revenue will actually come from paid marketing. Yeah, that's an awesome asset to have. And are you the face of the brand? Are you on TikTok all the time doing those little uh, question and answer boxes and stuff like that? And that's how you're mainly growing on TikTok? Yeah, I'm I'm the face of the brand. There's no one else here except for me and and my kids. Um, so uh, you know, and I have young kids. I have a three year old and I have a one year old. So it's easy for me to make content around troubleshooting or around, you know, washing your cloth nappies because I'm also washing these cloth nappies. I'm also troubleshooting my journey with cloth nappies, and I think that my customers really resonate with that. And I think that that that's why our organic marketing works so well for us yeah for sure and were you always comfortable in front of the camera or did it take some time to get used to that or did maybe a family member push you into creating that content or how'd that come about i 10 years ago i before i was an area manager i had zero self-confidence there's absolutely no way i would get up and talk in front of people i didn't want to do presentations I didn't want to do anything and so I got a little bit more comfortable doing those sort of things before I went on maternity leave but you know when it comes to social media it was like oh my god like is my mum gonna watch this are my cousins gonna watch this like how embarrassing they don't they don't know this side of me so just slowly over time you know like getting my face onto Instagram stories and getting my face out there and getting more and more confident as I go. I did a lot of voiceover work in the beginning. So it was just my hands and I would voiceover, got more confident with talking. And then, you know, finally, probably around a year ago is when I started showing my face. And that's when everything just took off. And I'm like, let's just put, you know, that embarrassment that I'm going to feel aside. And who cares? People love it. People love actually being able to talk to a physical person. Yeah, so you definitely notice the difference between doing those voiceover type videos, maybe ASMAR as well, compared to actually getting and being the face of your brand. 
Absolutely. So I still find, you know, organically, I will probably get more views on videos which are voiced over and more educational and, you know, running through like the three benefits of something, something, something. But I get way more conversions out of face to face replying to comments, you know, troubleshooting with people way more conversions out of that. Yeah, for for sure. And it totally makes sense because you're building that layer of trust and people can see that you're not trying to scam them, which mm -hmm. is obviously a massive problem in the e commerce industry. Absolutely. And that's why you know, I try and focus on these voiceovers and those sort of content for my top of funnel. I'm just trying to get people to follow me, trying to get them to watch my videos. Yeah. They can come into my funnel and then I'm actually nurturing at the bottom with replying to those comments and actually helping them make a decision really. Yeah, cool. So a lot of your content is just answering questions, those frequently asked questions. And obviously that's great, but how have you dealt with some of the hate that comes with getting over 12 million views on TikTok? <laughs> so, there, there's always an occasional video which, you know, I would say gets on the wrong side. Um, it's exposure and it's good, but really it's an opportunity to try and educate people. A lot of the time when it comes to cloth nappies, it's either that's actually not going to save you money once you factor in your electricity and your water, or that's not sanitary. It's not sanitary to, you know, be washing cloth nappies like that in your washing machine. And so instead of, you know, and I'm always going to get those. I get them in my own personal life from, from my own friends and family. They're like, you put what in your washing machine? But it's really a good opportunity to educate that market. And, you know, some people might be a little bit on the fence and they might be like, oh, that sounds a bit gross. That sounds a bit unsanitary. Ugh. And then, you know, they drop in my comments and then I explain to them why we do things the way that we do. And they're like, oh, actually, it's not that bad. So you get that exposure from those hate comments. <laughs> from those people in they're just there to troll you, you get that exposure and then you can actually nurture the people that are actually interested in hearing alternative views. Yeah. And that's why I recommend not to turn off comments. Like as much as you um, will get that hate, it, it is an opportunity, like you said, to uh, deal with some of those frequently asked questions. And it might not necessarily be the person who's commenting that you're converting, but people who are scrolling through the comments, seeing what sort of different objections or, hey, is this person legit or has anybody used this product? And then they'll go to the website, maybe learn a bit more, maybe see a review or see a review in the TikTok comments as well. And then uh, yeah, you might not even, they might not even like a video or anything like that and they end up converting. Absolutely. And my first viral video, which, you know, I've gone from having a what I would consider a viral video at 10 or 20,000 to my first one got 3.5 million. And that's when I started getting those comments. And that's when I was so tempted to just delete the video or turn off comments or just block people. And I really had to refrain from doing that. And now when we get a viral video, like it's not even it's not even something that I consider. I see these comments and I see this is this is my opportunity. Yeah, awesome. And yeah, any any exposure is good exposure. Yeah. So obviously you're pretty big on TikTok and how have you used those videos across different platforms? Have you transitioned that into Facebook advertising or maybe even posting to Pinterest? Uh, any of those type of platforms as well? So I will repurpose um, more of my less less authentic content, like less replying to comments and more educational stuff. I will always try and repurpose that onto Facebook and onto Instagram. But obviously Instagram, you can only upload 90 seconds. So 
have to pick and choose those videos that I'll repurpose. Um, I'm also repurposing onto YouTube shorts as well. Um, I would love to do more like YouTube style videos, which I then repurpose onto TikTok. But at the moment, everything streams from my TikTok. And that's because TikTok for me is easy. It's conversational and it's very good engagement. So, um, and then I will repurpose some of our more um, carousel style stuff onto Pinterest and have things that people actually want to pin on my Pinterest. And I actually use a lot of the content that I make to replying to DMs or replying to emails or replying to people that are like, I'm really confused or I'm not sure what to do or I have a problem. And I will actually repurpose that instead of me trying to explain to them or rewriting out an email on how to do something, I send them the visual video and I'm like, here you go. And they're like, this is great. Thank you so much. Yeah, for sure. And yeah, it's just coming back to asking or answering those frequently asked questions, objection handling. Like you might not think when you're first getting into an e-commerce business that you're going into sales. Uh, but at the end of the day, that's all your job really becomes, isn't it? You have to create a website that handles objections and tries to get the sale over the line because you might be able to put products in front of people, but if you can't sell, there's going to be no conversions at the end of the day. Absolutely. And I try and set it up so that my nurturing and my education is done on social media and then the conversion happens on the website. By the time they land on my website, they've already made up their mind. And if they do find us organically, you know, through our SEO, I try and have reflections back to our social media, back to our videos. And I'll even like try and repurpose it on my website as well. Yeah, awesome. And what are, what have some of your most successful campaigns looked like? What what are some of the angles you've used, or maybe even the time of year um, that has been really successful for you? I know you mentioned an after pay day sale that's coming up as well. Yes, yeah, so we have an after day pay sale coming up. Um, we are not a business that does many sales at all. Um, and we don't, to be honest, we don't really need to. And the reason why we don't need to is because even at a premium priced product at full price, our customers are still saving money and our customers are willing to pay that. So when we do do a sale, it's absolutely insane. Um, I did, so I turned 30 in March and I did our, I've never done a 30% off sale. So I did a one day sale for my 30th birthday like 30% off one day only. And we hit almost 20K in one day worth of sales. It was almost a month's worth of sales in one day. And then I was like, oh my God, now I have like 200 orders to pack. Um, but like, you know, having the fact that we don't do sales means that when we do even something that's really, really small, everyone, everyone is on our website. Um, so another example is for Easter. Cloth nappies have absolutely nothing to do with Easter. And I jumped onto ChatGBT and I'm like, how can I make something of Easter out of a business that has nothing to do with it? I don't even have an Easter print. I don't have anything with bunnies or eggs or anything on it. What can I do? Um, so I actually made an Easter egg hunt on my website. So people were searching my website for hidden eggs. And I would give them riddles every day dressed as an Easter bunny. And it was just a really fun experience. It was really interactive. Everything that I did was interactive and all they needed to do was go to my website and try and find these eggs. 
And, and, and my customers loved it. Every day I had different eggs and they were coming back every single day, finding new eggs and placing more orders. Yeah, that's absolutely crazy. And I know like of a few brands that have done that, but I haven't personally done it myself. So yeah, that's super niche and not many brands do it at all. So that unique strategy has obviously worked well for you. Have you done anything like that uh, since then? Not since then, but I think I want to do something quite similar for our Black Friday. Uh, I feel like Black Friday is such a frantic thing and people like, you know, trying to jump on websites and, you know, quickly trying to check out. Um, but it takes a long time for our customers to convert. They need to be essentially convinced. And so if I can have them spending a little bit longer on my website and going through my pages, even if it is trying to find, you know, a certain discount or something like that, um, then I think, you know, we'll do something like that for, for Black Friday and even maybe have it as you can find bundles on our website. Because I've found, you know, in the last, since May, I've been really focusing on having bundles for our customers. And our average order value has gone from $137 to $205 in three and a half months just by having bundles. Because I've done the work for you. You literally just go on and go, what stage of my journey am I at? I'm a starter. Or I'm a beginner. I'm just going to buy the starters pack or I want to build my stash that I already have. I'm going to buy the stash builder. So I found that those, those bundlings are really, really working for us, even outside of, you know, our main marketing things. It's just the bundle ends up being five, 10 or 15% off and people are more than happy to take it. Yeah, and I've said this a few times in my podcast, but like for shirts, when I'm shopping for shirts, I'll buy a pack of seven, like minimum. And like, I might have in my head, like I'm only gonna spend $150. And then I see a bundle, it's all the colors that I want or close enough. So I don't even have to think about choosing colors or anything like that. Just like, that's the fit I want. Go to the checkout. Oh, it's $320. Oh, I can't be bothered searching anymore. It's right there, just pay. And I've paid two times more because they've bundled it all together for me. So yeah, it's crazy to think that your AOV went from 136 to over $200 just by implementing those. When some of them, maybe some of the new e-commerce owners be like, oh, why don't they just click the button six times and it's the same thing? Yeah, people really value that convenience. And if they can buy something that's already thought out and set up for them with one add to cart, that's what they're going to do. We even have an add to cart on our website that's $1,000 and people add that to their cart. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, even if it's like a ridiculous one, just put it on there. Like... Mm -hmm maybe you might get an order like once a month and then that will obviously make your day once a month if you see a thousand plus order come through right yeah yeah it's all about making it convenient make you know taking down those barriers that might be in front of them and for us bundles were that yeah what's the app that you use or did you custom code it it's called fast bundles um and i found that like the the customization of this app is far more superior than all of the others. A little bit more expensive um, and you do pay per conversion, like revenue dollar. Um, but I've made almost 30K off this app and I've probably paid maybe 1K in subscription fees. So I'm, you know, if, if, if I could get a ROAS like that on my Facebook or my Instagram, I would be more than happy. So I'm happy to pay that for an app. Yeah, for sure. And obviously it's taken your AOV from 136 to $200 or $205. So it's worth its weight in gold. 
Now, Absolutely. With those uh, bundles, do you have any sort of one-click upsells or cross-sells going on on the website, or is that like more future plans? I, that's definitely my next plan. Um, I want to have, you know, I want to I want to have either upsells in my cart, but my cart is really confusing to customers at the moment. I've just changed over to a new website. Um, and that's when like, you know, my, my average order value spiked again a little bit. So I think it went to, from 137 to $188. And then I changed my website purely because of my cart conversion. Um, so, you know, half were dropping off during that checkout and then half were dropping off again. So I've made, I've made a huge change to my checkout. And now that that looks seamless, it looks simple. I've taken out all the buttons, you know, like the quick checkout buttons, they're gone. It's just one button that says checkout. That's it. Um, and I found that that's really worked for us. So now that I know that that works, it's time for me to add in those cart upsells, but also those add, add to cart upsells as well. So maybe a little pop up to remind people that this particular nappy needs an additional thing to make it work. You know, it needs a waterproof cover on the outside. So here's how all of our covers. If you add one right now, then you'll save the 5%. Yeah, awesome. And they're definitely AOV boosters again. So yeah, I think they're super underrated for a lot of brands out there especially when they're getting started and they're like, oh, maybe my products don't go together or I don't know how to quite bundle them. But trust me, just find whatever bundle you can, give it like a little name, like a starter pack or something like that. And I guarantee you, you're going to see increases in your AOV. <laughs> I have some I have some bundles that are exactly the same and I've called them something different. So I've got one that's called Getting Started with Daycare and it's exactly the same as you know, our stash builder one and people are buying it because of the name of the bundle. Yeah. Angles are super important in marketing. So yeah, obviously that's hitting one pain point and the other one's hitting a different pain point and that's resonating with that audience to help convert them. Yeah. Now we just touched on some future plans for your business. Um, what are some other ones that you're possibly looking to implement before the end of the year? Uh, at the moment we are changing over our uh, Korea. So we originally started with Sendal because that was how everyone starts. And then at the end of 2021, um, we had so many missing parcels. So I moved over to Oz Post. Uh, and then now it's getting to the point where I'm going to the post office, you know, once or twice a day, I'm dropping off hundreds of parcels a month. So, you know, our next big thing is to have officially moved over to eParcel so that we can have someone come and pick them up. Um, I can have them ready and just trying to get my email marketing, my flows set up are probably the two biggest things that I'm working on for this year. Yeah. Nice. And what are you going to do with all that free time once you don't have to go to the post office twice a day? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. <laughs> probably changed my website 60,000 times. That's my, that's my toxic trade. <laughs> yeah, I'm a bit like that as well. I don't know how many times I've changed my <laughs> website or tried to change the good layout of my Instagram or whatever. But yeah, that yeah, is definitely a toxic trait. Yeah. <laughs> it's a good one to have though. Always, you always should be trying to increase your conversion rate. So yeah, it's not the worst one to have for sure. Yeah. Cool. Just before we finished up today, do you want to leave the listeners with any valuable insights, maybe some inspiration or anything like that? I think the biggest thing in e-commerce that I've learned is that your competitors might be there, like, you know, in a product-based business, your product, your customers are there, competitors are there 
in a product only. You're not competing against their website. And I would always look at other cloth nappy websites and go, mine needs to look like that. It wasn't until that I actually started looking at industry leaders or leaders in e-commerce that I started getting really good returns from my website, from my email marketing. I stopped trying to be like them and tried to be like the leaders in other industries. And that's the biggest thing that I've learned and the biggest boost to my revenue is just using the stuff that works and not trying to copy big people in your own sector or in your own niche. Yeah, I find that helps a lot for me as well because I'm creating Facebook ads every single day and trying to come up with inspiration can be an absolute pain, especially for clothing brands. You start to see a lot of the same content. So maybe uh, there's one that I will go to and it's like a kitchenware brand, but I'll get inspo from that kitchenware brand and like replicate that into like a clothing design. Uh, So yeah, going outside your current industry to find inspiration is going to help you stand out. I think, yeah, you're right. Like with our Facebook ads, our marketing would always look very similar to people in our niche. And I actually recently changed some of our creatives for our Facebook ads. And I was really worried about it because I was like, this is really, really different. I got mid journey to generate me some really like, you know, like you're changing a baby's bum in the 1960s and essentially put a caption on it saying it's not, you know, 1993 anymore. It's 2023. Our, modern, our nappies are modern for modern parents and our ROAS on that is 25. And it's something that I was scared to put up because it was so different. I'm like, oh, like I'm going to look like an idiot in this industry. Yet if I'm getting ROAS of 25, like oh, that's, I'm just going to keep popping that out. <laughs> yeah, for sure. And it's always important to be testing new angles, even if your advertising is working, say it's getting a, I don't know, like a 2.5 times to say a five times ROAS and you're consistently hitting that time and time again, and you're like happy with where your revenue is at and it's all sort of stagnant, but it's comfortable as well. Going outside and trying different ideas, like you've just said, can really help boost that up and help you stand out within the industry. Absolutely. Yeah, cool. Well, thanks so much for coming on today. You shared some really valuable insights and yeah, I love the AOV booster tips as well, especially bundles. I'm a big fan of bundles. So if you don't have those on your website at the moment, you definitely need to do that this afternoon, straight after you watch this video. Uh, But yeah, thanks again for coming on and I hope you enjoyed the podcast. Thank you so much for having me. Well, there you have it. Unfortunately, this is the end of the episode, but if you're looking for more, be sure to find more episodes on the platform you're viewing on or head over to Instagram to find tons of valuable clips.